Hey guys, Zeno here from A to Z coming up on the show today. What to take away from the Falcons loss? What's left for the college football playoff committee? And I don't think anybody saw this name coming. That's up next on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts. Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I remind you, I told you this from the beginning. Welcome in. We are live here on a Monday as we've got a lot to do here. Falcons loss. We'll get to that. College football playoff and, of course, uh, some more Atlanta sports news. All that coming up. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up and a like to all the content there as well. We're on Roku TV, however you get your Roku TV. Amazon Fire Stick, wherever it may be, download that Roku TV app. Check out all of the shows on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. Okay. Yesterday, uh, the Falcons uh, lose to the Washington Commanders 19-13. to And, you know, I, 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 get, I get why fans are upset. I, I genuinely do. Um, and... A lot of people may be surprised at my sort of take on this thing. Um, And and manifestly, you go down to a situation where the Falcons had a chance to win it in the final minute or at least get get the go-ahead score and try for the go-ahead extra point. And they botch it. Mariota's pass gets deflected and it's intercepted in the end zone. And that's that. And the Falcons take another close loss. Uh, It's been sort of gut-punched with them as far as that happening to them repeatedly this year. But, you know, again, I I went into this matchup thinking that this was going to be a terrible matchup for the Falcons, Um, that Washington just had a lot of decided advantages. And the Falcons didn't let them have a lot of decided advantages. The Falcons averaged just under six yards per carry and ran for 167 yards on one of the best run defenses in football. Was that enough to get them the win? No. Um, But, They were better on third down this game than they had been in several other ones. And they fought off a lot of elements to put themselves in position to try and win a game that, for the most part, they had trailed for a better part of the game. So, you know, uh, I, I look at this whole thing and I go, let's boil it down to what you saw on the final drive. And I will 100%, when I get to Arthur Smith's press conference today, Ask him flat out why with three timeouts he didn't run the ball. You had run for 165 yards in this team. You own them on the ground. You had three timeouts. Washington had no timeouts left. And on second and goal from the four-yard line, you decide to pass. In fact, on first and goal from the four-yard line, um, Mariota gets, gets dropped for a loss, I think it was. I don't know if it was intended for him to run. But it was one of those things where, uh, yeah, it was kind of like a, a, a zone read or whatever it was. But Regardless, you had had so much success on the ground, run the damn ball two times, and then if you have to, pass on fourth. I, I, I get it. I get why everybody is upset and frustrated about it. I will sort of give Arthur Smith a small pass here. Um, one, Arthur Smith has been incredibly good at situational football this year, and I'm not going to ding him overall for one, let's just call it botched drive. I don't necessarily think that's fair. 
Uh, you guys have heard me applaud Arthur Smith all year long. I'm not jumping off that bandwagon now because of one series in one game. Unfortunately, it probably cost him the game, but I'm not doing that. Two, um, I think I told you guys from the beginning, in the 30,000-foot view, what are you really upset about? Like, this was supposed to be about the big picture this entire year. This year was supposed to be about them putting some building blocks together in a rebuild to get themselves set for going forward. I don't, I don't think anybody should have expected anything beyond this. Here's a little bit of a better way to frame this. You know, last year the Falcons finished seven and ten. All seven of their wins came in one score games, right? They were seven and two in one score games. Yet in the other eight games, they were blown out. Like eight of their losses were all blowouts. So you explain to me how in a year last year where they had a better quarterback, probably had better talent for the most part across the board, they could get blown out eight times. This year, they've only lost three games by more than two scores, and only one of them really a blowout, and that was the Cincinnati game, right? They were, they were never really in that game. But when you look at all the other games, they're four and five in one-score games this year. That is a regression from last year, but that's to be expected because you're not going to go seven and two in one-score games every single year. It's really, really tough. But, you know, again, they were blown out in the Bengals game. That's fair to say. Uh, the Panthers game, they lost by 10. It's like, okay, Thursday night slop fest and, you know, whatever it may be, but they just didn't have it that night. And the other game that wasn't decided by one score was the two-score win over San Francisco. These are building blocks, folks. Like, I'm not, I get being upset and frustrated at the loss. I'm not telling you to be. I'm just trying to remind you that all this stuff is building for a bigger and better future next year. You're not supposed to be in this position. Regardless if your record is five and seven, you're not supposed to be a half game out of first place with the chance to make the playoffs this late in the year. If the Falcons had started out one and seven and won four straight, we would all be singing a different tune. If they would have started out one and seven, we all would have went, huh, that's expected. Yep. We all saw this one coming. And they won four straight. Now you're going, oh, well, hmm. they're getting better. They're showing signs of improvement. Yeah, they are. Don't let the constructs of what just happened change the framing of this season. It was a rebuilding year. It was always a rebuilding year. You can't lose your mind over stuff like this. You just can't. And the idea that, you know, uh, they should have won this game. Well, in a vacuum, yes, that's correct. But it, it, what does it matter? In the big picture, what does it matter? It, it shouldn't matter to you at all. They're, they're hovering around 500. It's better than we could have ever expected. It is genuinely better than we could have ever thought. And I'm not sure, again, why people want to you know move the goalposts on this season all of a sudden it doesn't make sense to me nothing significant has changed to the point where you should move the goalposts again i.e if they got somebody at the trade deadline 
if they went out and made a a a move that would have elevated the roster or their ability to win on a consistent level, yes. Then then I think you can move the goalpost. None of that happened. None of that happened. I'm not, I'm going to ask Arthur Smith the question today because it deserves to be asked. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to bang on him. It, it's it's not worth it. I I think you're missing the boat if you if you are. If you really want to sit there and I saw people yesterday on Twitter after the game tell me Arthur Smith is a terrible play caller. Oh dear Lord, you have the he was calling a masterpiece of a running game against one of the best run defenses in the league. He was calling a masterpiece. Oh, by the way, in that masterpiece that he was calling offensively, once again, we're doing the same thing where we're giving the defense the pass instead of giving Arthur Smith the pass because, once again, the Falcons' defense stunk. I know they only gave up 19 points, but they allowed 176 yards on the ground. Ah. I mean, you know, we, we keep allowing this defense to not be very good and be okay with it. The commanders held on to the ball for over 33 minutes in this game. That's not the way the Falcons win at all. Defense has got to get off the field. Told you that repeatedly, repeatedly about this defense all year long. Don't, 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 uh, don't forget about the defense playing part in this whole thing too. All right, Bet Online, your fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Pittsburgh Steelers tonight getting two and a half points from the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. Probably take a little Steelers action tonight. You can find news and reviews of every league, including Major League Baseball, even though it's over. We'll get the NFL, college football, bowl season coming up, NBA, NHL, combat sports, even sport, uh, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. The podcasts there are great. They have tons of great information. You can get tips on live in-game betting, podcasts, everything. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. College football. What a weekend it was. What a weekend it was. Um, a lot of things happened. I'll say this much. I think that the college football playoff committee has a very easy job in front of them. Their life has been made really, really easy, and I am thankful for that. Why? Because I don't want anybody to sit there and complain about, oh, my team didn't get in, and we supposed to get in. Blah, 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 blah. This is why we need expansion. Whiners. Anyway, uh, Michigan with a big upset win over Ohio State. Knock on Ryan Day, by the way. If you guys paid attention to that game, um, Ryan Day made no adjustments and his team got beat because of it. That, that's really what that game boiled down to. I still think Ohio State's probably the better team. They weren't on that Saturday because their coach made a decision that they were going to stack nine in the box and literally play no safety, none. Not a single high safety, not a single guy back there. Jim Harbaugh recognized it and said, if we just run somebody down the middle of the field, they're going to be open. And he was right. And it's why they ended up scoring four touchdowns of like 60 yards or longer. Because guess what? There was nobody back there. Nobody. Period. And Ryan Day never made the adjustment. And his team got beat for it. So Michigan wins. TCU destroys Iowa State. USC uh, hangs on to beat Notre Dame. Obviously, Georgia takes care of Georgia Tech. So Georgia, Michigan, TCU, 
uh, and USC are the top four in the AP poll. Tomorrow we'll get the second to last installment of the college football playoff rankings. I assume that's what it's going to be. Ohio State falls to five, Alabama six. I assume those top six are going to hold in the college football playoff rankings. 100% I assume that they will. And what the college football playoff committee, when they do that, is telling you two things. One, if either TCU or USC slips up, Ohio State is a beneficiary. If both TCU and USC slip up, Alabama and Ohio State are the beneficiaries of it because that'll knock TCU and USC out and you'll have room to get Alabama and USC in. Uh, Alabama and Ohio State in, rather. And oh, by the way, guys, I I tried to tell you last week that Alabama had a path to the playoffs, and and they do. Uh, And it's funny how people, especially SEC fans around here, you guys crack me up sometimes. Um, I said Alabama had a path to the playoffs, and everybody, no, yeah, especially Georgia fans. No, they don't. No, they don't belong. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve to be here. No, 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 no. Those are the same people screaming, yeah, college football playoff expansion. I don't get it. If you don't want Alabama in the playoffs, then don't expand. That's the easiest way to keep them out, period. But they're going to get in regardless. And guess what? There's going to be a whole bunch of two-loss teams, maybe even a three-loss team that would get in with college football playoff expansion. So if you didn't like Alabama in the playoff every year, why are you voting for expansion? That's that, The way you get Alabama out of the playoff every year or, you know, every so often is to not expand. You guys crack me up. I mean, you, you make no sense, but you crack me up, literally. So uh, Alabama will get in if TCU and USC slip up. That's what they need. And if that's the case, I'll do you one even better. If TCU and USC slip up, the committee will absolutely put Alabama above Ohio State. Why? Because they don't want the Michigan-Ohio State rematch in the semifinal. They'd rather see Alabama play Michigan and Georgia play Ohio State and then hope that you don't get Michigan-Ohio State again for the national championship. You know, Michigan-Ohio State for national championship would be insane. Be absolutely insane. Be one of the most watched college games in the history of the entire sport. So there's that. But that's my guess. And don't be surprised, too, if for whatever reason, the – well, the committee won't put Alabama ahead of Ohio State yet because, you know, of the one loss that Ohio State has and Alabama has, too. But – Uh, I can guarantee you they won't line up Michigan and Ohio State again in the semifinal. They'll they'll do it in the final. And you'll have to ask yourself, well, why did Alabama jump Ohio State and they didn't neither one of them play the game? Because the committee wants better television stuff and they know it. And and, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, Besides, I don't think Georgia wants to play Ohio State in uh, uh, in the semifinal either. But, you know. That's another team. I still, again, I still think that the Ohio State team could knock off Georgia. They would play a completely different defense, a completely different everything. You can't take that game against Michigan. You can't do that transitive property thing. Oh, well, Michigan kicked the snot out of Ohio State last year. We kicked the snot out of Michigan. Therefore, we would kick the snot out of Michigan. No, it doesn't work like that, guys, at all, especially since it's a different year. It doesn't work in the same year. It's not going to work in a year where the, where the two teams are different. So, you know, I mean, whatever. But it was an interesting weekend in college football. Look, I, again, I still hope that TCU and USC hold on 
Um, Georgia USC in the semifinal is going to be very interesting if it holds. I want to remind Georgia fans that the first time Georgia made the college football playoff, the Rose Bowl game, was it 2017? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, Lincoln Riley's offense put up 51 on Georgia. It was 56-51 the final, whatever it was, somewhere in that range. Anyway, Lincoln Riley can absolutely devise a game plan to score on Georgia's defense. Will they? Who knows? But that's one team I would be scared of. Now, Georgia's going to be able to score at will on USC's defense as well. That's that, you know, that, that part gets easy. Um, and, and obviously, Georgia, I think, makes a lot more stops, but uh, it'll be an interesting contest. I, I wouldn't exactly rule out USC as, uh, you know, a cupcake and say, oh, yeah, there's, Georgia's going to smoke them. I, nah, I don't know. I, I don't think that we see those that, that matchup come to fruition. But as you guys know, I don't know anything. There is that. All right. Uh, we're going to get to Shovels of Wisdom here. And uh, nobody saw this coming for the state of Georgia. We'll get to that coming up in just a minute. First, to work with my friends at uh, Locked On Sports Today. Guys, I tell you about the Locked On Sports Today podcast because it's awesome. And you know what else is awesome? Our Locked On Falcons podcast with Aaron Freeman. Obviously, you want a bigger, in-depth breakdown of everything that went on yesterday. Aaron's the guy to go to. You make Locked On Falcons first listen. But for your next listen, you check out Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, plus the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, now, let's hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We have to uh, reward somebody. Yeah, I say that sarcastically. With a shovel of wisdom, whack them upside the head for saying or doing something stupid. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Just use the hashtag shovel of Wisdom and today, my show goes to Odell Beckham Jr. I don't understand this thing that people start to do nowadays where they're asked to get off a flight and they don't get off a flight. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. was removed from a flight at Miami International Airport. It was a five-hour flight from Miami to LAX. And the they are saying, the reports are saying that, the, that Odell Beckham Jr. was in and out of consciousness and then refused to leave the plane when asked. Um, Beckham's attorney disputed the account saying he'd been sleeping um, and that the incident was the result of an overzealous flight attendant. According to the folks on, uh, I think it was American Airlines um, was the was the flight, but the crew was concerned for the passenger as he appeared to be coming in and out of consciousness prior to their departure. Fearing that Beckham was seriously ill and his condition would worsen on the expected five-hour flight, the attendants called police and fire rescue upon the uh, Upon the arrival of officers, the flight crew asked Mr. Beckham several times to exit the aircraft, which he refused. Then guess what has to happen? They have to evacuate the entire plane, right? And everybody needs to be inconvenienced because you won't get off the plane. So you're the selfish a-hole who, instead of just getting off the plane, says, ah, screw everybody. Guess what? Uh, I'm going to make the whole world uncomfortable and make you guys, uh, you know, all the plane. Really done. Just Whatever. Beckham, you know, sent out a series of tweets on Sunday saying, never in my life have I experienced what just happened. I've seen it all. It's comedy hour. Uh, okay. I mean, again, 
the customer failed to follow crew member instructions for refusing to fasten their seatbelt. Uh, folks, you're not special when you fly. If you want to be special, fly private, okay? If you're going to take a commercial flight, dude, then you have to follow the commercial flight rules. It's really annoying when people do that, but that's just me. Okay, we are going to get to one more note here, but want to thank you guys. Thank you, and we say thank you for getting us to 5,000 YouTube subscribers. We asked you guys for a week straight, and you did it. You guys are the best. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for supporting Locked On Sports Atlanta. Thanks for supporting A to Z and all the shows on this network. 5,000 YouTube subscribers. Let's make it six. Keep on going. Again, wherever you get your podcast, you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. It's free on YouTube. Subscribe there. Give a thumbs up to all the content. We certainly appreciate it. Much uh, much, much love from the, from the deepest recesses of, of my heart. Thank you guys very, very much. All right. Um, yeah, we talked about this on Friday, and you guys know this. I don't spend a ton of time um, going over Georgia Tech because they are generally somewhat irrelevant. I know you guys are going to get upset when I say that, but I, I don't mean that as a majority. They just haven't been relevant enough to be relevant. Well, we talked about the coaches and, you know, Jamie Chadwell and Brent Key and some of the other names, and I asked about why they're not calling this guy. I'd rather have Matt Ruler. I even mentioned Luke Fickle, uh, and he gets picked up by Wisconsin. Uh, when I mentioned him on Friday, I thought that, you know, that's the direction they should go in. Well, they go in the direction of Willie Fritz. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, as of Sunday night, the deal was not in place according to the AJC, but it looks like it's going to be finalized here in the next couple of days. Uh, Fritz is in his seventh year at Tulane. And while he's got a losing overall record, um, he took over for a program that was in shambles. Uh, and in his seven years, um, has already, uh, achieved three winning seasons, two bowl trips and a winning conference record. Um, I'm sorry. That's what he took over for in the seven seasons. He's gone to three bowl games with a fourth on the way. He won the AAC regular season championship. I mean, you know, he, he's turned that program around and, I do kind of like the direction that they're going in with Fritz. If this is the guy, I don't care about his age at 62. I don't know why people are looking, I guess because of the recruiting aspect, you know, can you, can young kids relate to a 62 year old guy? Young kids can relate to winning football programs. That's it. That and playing like those are the two things young kids relate to. I don't think that they're, they, they really necessarily care about the age of the coach. If they get to play and they win football games, guess what? You know, that's what it boils down to. Kids will show up for that. I genuinely believe that. So, uh, and oh, by the way, um, I would tend to think that older, more experienced coaches are better at the transfer portal, transfer portal than younger ones. Um, they, they can explain things to kids who have played football in college already in ways that a younger coach may not. They've seen more. They've understood more. Um, they have a lot more depth of Hey, you know, I was here when this happened and X, Y, and Z. I, I just, I, I think the experience translates well to kids who have already been in college. If they haven't decided where they want to go and predetermined, I think they're pretty good with, uh, with working the transfer portal and understanding that whole process. So I, I think the Fritz hire is interesting. I, I'm glad they didn't do the easy thing. I'm glad they didn't do the Brent Key or Jamie Chadwell. Uh, and that's no disrespect to Brent Key. I hope they can keep him on staff because apparently he's, an, he's a phenomenal recruiter. Great. I hope they can keep him there. But even if they can't, this direction feels like it is a direction you want to go in. And still, I would think Fritz is a bridge coach to the next guy. 
I don't think that he is a long-term, give him a seven, 10-year contract kind of deal. I think he gets three or four years. And I think he's happy with that. I think everybody's happy with that. Whoever is getting a deal here wasn't getting, short of getting Deion Sanders, they were not getting a major deal where it was going to break the bank and be something historic. No, they, they weren't getting that at all. Um, I think what they were, what they're getting is a guy that's going to prove that he can flip this thing and put it in a direction where at least things are trending positively and you're starting to fill up Bobby Dodd again and you're winning some games, pulling off a couple upsets. I mean, what's a relative timeline to try and get back to the top of the ACC? I don't necessarily know that there's an easy answer to that, especially now since you've seen what has happened. You know, uh, Florida State had a great year. North Carolina is still respectable. Pitt is still good. Um, But for Georgia Tech and the Coastal, to win that division, I mean, you know, two or three years seems pretty realistic, right? To me, it does. To me, it seems pretty realistic. I, I think that, that is something that you can write down and go, okay, but you got to get some talent in here year one. You've got you've got to get a whole bunch of transfers, and, and don't be surprised to see a lot of two-lane players transfer on over to Georgia Tech. So uh, let's see what happens. Nothing is done yet. Nothing is finalized with Fritz. Um, you know, apparently they're they're looking at still a lot of other options. But as long as they end up going with something that I think has a little bit more legs than Brent Key or Jamie Chadwell, I feel good about where they're going. So if they are interviewing coaches who are still um, playing in championship games or bowl games or whatever it is, that makes you feel a little bit better, at least about the guys that they're looking at. Make sure you guys also look at Locked On Falcons. Uh, Aaron Freeman, you need a recap of the Falcons game. That's the place to go. He does it better than anybody out there. Make that your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories, instant reactions, big game recaps, plus the take of the day. Remember, it's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O as well. We're on Roku TV. However you get your Roku TV, Amazon, Fire Stick, whatever it may be, go there, download the Roku TV app, check out all the shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. And, of course, subscribe to that YouTube channel. Thank you for loving us the way you do. 5,000 subscribers. Can't wait to get to six. Back tomorrow with the Tuesday show. You guys have a wonderful Monday. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you. 